Okay, take two. <laughs> take two. <laughs> Damn, man. We we just lost so much good content. There was so much good content. <laughs> that was a banner start to what I was I was like, man, it's gonna be another fucking boomer. <laughs> Damn, son, where'd you find this content? Okay, go back. We have to redo the entire bit about country songs. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> where do you want to start at? Red Army country songs or Red naming <laughs> customs? Damn. Oh, man, there was so much good shit. You're right. So there's naming customs. Let's, let's start here. We'll start with... <clears throat> We'll just perform this. Like, everything we do is off the top of the dome, but let's do this right here. You want to per- <clears throat> you want to perform? Try to perform? Okay, go ahead. I got this. Okay, All go right, for let's it. Uh, let's see what you got. So, anyway, like we were talking about earlier before everything was recording to the wrong microphone. <laughs> if you're like a United States proud fucking, uh, we won't be pushed around, blah, 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 blah. Just know that uh, we were terrified for a good <laughs> for many good decades of the Soviets. The point I was trying to make earlier, I don't even know. I think I'm probably going to wind up getting it wrong twice. But even Try it, man. Shoot your shot. All right, I'm going to shoot my shot. We, As I said earlier, we just passed the anniversary for the atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Right. And the Japanese were trying to sue for peace. They were trying to get us to stop the war. <laughs> Please. No mas. No mas. <laughs> but it wasn't because they were afraid of the little dumbass um, uh, Normandy beach storming American badasses. <laughs> a bunch of guys that would go home to become Hell's Angels. A bunch of guys that would go home to make a bunch of memes about how our generation is snowflakes. And snowflakes. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. That was a funny thing that happened this week where some dipshit was like, my grand, my 94-year-old German grandfather said that, uh, he saw v- images of Antifa in the streets and he and he said, Oh my God! It's just like Nazi Germany. If only we had stopped them then. And then it turned out that this person didn't even exist, or have a German or grandfather. have a German grandfather. And also, <laughs> also not for nothing. But if you have a 94-year-old German grandfather, I wouldn't put too much stock into the stuff he says. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, at that point, he's probably having to be wiped, and exactly. Know. He was probably having to be wiped. And where was his bitch ass when the fucking Nazis were? He was probably a Nazi too. That's not fair for me to say, actually. Yeah, walk that back. Well, it is fair for you to say because the motherfucker didn't exist in the first place. You're right, exactly. <laughs> so I can make up whatever fucking You can make him whatever you want him to be. Well, uh, the reason we got into that first place is because I was detailing to you my uh, Soviet, your Soviet training up. protocol. Right. Who which was come up with by by this guy named uh Alexander Folief, Comrade Folief on for those of you on the T Nation boards. And it's not even certain much like this guy's 94-year-old German grandfather if Comrade Folief even existed, but that makes his story all the more powerful. Yeah, to me. Yeah. It's kind of like John Henry or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Uh, well, it, well uh, an ardent follower and maybe even the person behind the Fall Leaf legend is a guy named Pavel Setsulin, who was a former KGB guy who now trains Army Rangers. <laughs> Well, this is what I'm talking about. You see those so very topical. You see those videos of like Putin like body slamming people and shit, like when he was in the KGB in the 80s and stuff. Or shit, man. There's plenty of videos on YouTube of like the Soviet like um, Red Army like doing um, <laughs> like calisthenics and stuff, <laughs> like dancing calisthenic routines. And you're like, God, dude, these people would have kicked our fucking asses. Oh yeah, man. That's not even a question. <laughs> Well, it kind of goes back to that. Remember that one episode where Tanya was here and we were talking about Khrushchev telling Nixon basically, like, we build our houses to last. We build our cities to last yeah. generations. Like, we'll surpass you in 60 years and you'll look at us in the rearview mirror and we'll just be waving at you. Like, they... <laughs> they <laughs> just stunting on Nixon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, um, uh, he was tapping into something real there, which is that they actually believed in something. That's why the Red Army was, like, the most powerful fucking uh, army granted they did basically put like every man woman and child like out there just like protect your cities like you know mother Russia is under attack like uh, you yeah. must protect your cities but uh, unorthodox but uh. <laughs> but like I said the Japanese didn't sue for peace because they wanted the Americans because they were afraid of like a little ground invasion from the Americans they knew that the Red Army was covering a distance over Manchuria of hundreds of miles Blot day. Blotting out the sun. <laughs> exactly. And they're like, fuck no, man. I'd rather deal with the Americans. <laughs> Yeah, I'd take my chances with these these guys that just, uh, <laughs> you know, smoke cigarettes and write letters to their sweethearts. Exactly. I, I might see Nagasaki tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I might see Tokyo tomorrow. Meanwhile, like some grizzled fucking uh, just battle-hardened Soviets just like sitting in a tank watching the fucking <laughs> like Japanese peninsula rise in the fucking <laughs> distance. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, fuck. Well, uh, so there was that. Then we covered the fact that I'm your therapist and that you have to recount your life to me in... in yeah, I'm laying horizontally of, on it. This is the first time I've recorded horizontally. Yeah. And I listened to myself on the bonus episode, and I think I was just holding my microphone really close, but it sounded like I was wheezing, like I had sleep apnea or something. <laughs> I was really self-conscious about that. I so. listen to that. My laugh sometimes, I'm like, man, that motherfucker's got cotton mouth. <laughs> I think that about myself sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I was, we were talking about how country songs these days usually play out in the format of people just listing shit. Yeah. <laughs> just listing things. Or there's the political polemic. There's that. But mostly it's just like... It's mostly it's just like virtue signaling against cultural Marxism. I'm looking forward to the day that um, country music starts Im internalizing, embedding the, the message of Jordan Peterson. Oh, God. <laughs> well... That's where I saw my first driving movie. <laughs> what was Peterson's thing this week about the ants? Oh, Just yeah. see that. I did see that. Dude, I think he's, you know, like he subsists on nothing but meat, you know. Oh, yeah. Weirdly. And uh, he's going to have gout. I think this is probably his keto brain coming up with all these things. <laughs> 
It's like, look, 30% of the ants do 70% of the work. I would like to do an episode one day where we talk about the scientific claims of people like Peterson. And, I mean, dude, it's it's really funny. It's like every time there's just staggering inequality. It happened during the late 19th century, too. They always trot out someone to, to provide some sort of scientific basis or yeah, evidence. We've seen this before, <laughs> Peterson. You're not new. <laughs> Jordan Peterson country songs though is actually a funny concept. <laughs> when I ate broccoli, I heard it gave me lower back pain. <laughs> I heard the millennials aren't going to Hooters no more because they don't like titties. Can you imagine imagine making that leap? What? That nobody goes to Hooters because they don't like titties. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> it's like like only like the lamest motherfuckers went to Hooters to begin with. Right, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah, you're right. Um, the absolute lamest, just the worst. Yeah, the absolute worst. All right, let's try to let's try to re-tackle what we were just. Well, hold on a second. The one other thing, the naming customs. <laughs> the naming customs. That was good. Well, the the point was was that my country music. Um, persona would be much better if you changed my middle name and my last name to Terrence Ray Gentry. Or Ray Gentry. Or Ray Gentry. That would work too. I Man, think Ray Gentry T. Would Ray cool. Gentry like T. Bone Burnett would, <laughs> would, would work kind of. Right, right. Even though T. Ray is not really a thing like T. Bone is. but Right, still. but it would still work. Yeah. I get that all the time anyways. It's really funny when people don't want to say me my first name. Yeah. You ever you ever like on a sort of relationship basis with somebody like that who doesn't want to say your first name, they just use like a nickname? Uh like hey T Ray. Nobody says Terrence. Well some people do. You do, obviously. I got a confession, Mike. I've always hated when people call you T Ray. <laughs> <laughs> hey It oh. kinda like grates at me. Like, you know, it's kinda like when uh I don't know, somebody calls you like uh, calls like a fat guy tiny. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. It's just like... I am with you in this. I don't want to say anything because I'm just, you know, trying to keep it cool. Yeah. I don't want to, like, snap on it. If you're anything like me, you answered about any goddamn thing anyway. Pretty much. Right. Except, like, numb nuts or... or uh, I'll answer to numb you, nuts. You'll answer to numb nuts. Every once in a while. <laughs> uh, Terrence Ray Gentry is my country singing anti-cultural Marxism persona. Yeah. And uh, what was the other thing? And the naming custom is, and like I said before we were cut off, that uh, our buddy Leslie on Twitter pointed out that, was pointing out Loretta Lynn's children's name, and all of them have that Eastern Kentucky one-syllable middle name that's almost always said with the first name. Right. So, like, yeah. Terrence Ray, <laughs> Thomas Dale. We both checked the boxes. You know that you're imbued with white trash DNA <laughs> if your name follows that pattern. <laughs> it follows that basic format. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Or I've always kind of wondered about my middle name. The fact that it's Gentry kind of um, has this sort of like, uh, you know, it's like this sort of saying that everybody's just a temporary everybody's temporarily broke you know what I mean like yeah, yeah, you're just yeah. on your way I always kind of wondered if that's the whole point of my middle name like uh, we were poor and so the gentry thing was like uh, 
Aspirational. <laughs> Aspirational. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I can say that. But, but, but no, really, though, my birth certificate has two middle names, in which case, um, I, I, um, yeah, yeah, I wonder, I guess I could just go by Terrence Neithercut, right? Please don't. Terrence Gentry Neithercut, right? <laughs> what is Neithercut? What's that from? I think it's British. That sounds pretty regal. Neither cut, neither cut, neither cut. <laughs> so Cole, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, Cole. Um. So, uh, we got several things. You started it off. Yeah, well, I just here's how I would tee it up. I, and it's just that in this moment where. To borrow the Adam Curtis phrase, hypernormalization. Everything's hypernormalized. And, you know, everything's just so fucking crazy and all that. Like, if you were living in eastern Kentucky in the previous eight to ten years before Donald Trump, yeah, you were prepped for that. <laughs> like, you were fully prepared for this new world order. Through a little something called the Friends of Coal campaign. Exactly. Yeah. And I think what you mean by that, or at least the way I understand it, is that, um, you know, say what you would about capitalism. Um, we sort of know it to be a soulless, uh, profit-driven, like, immiserating system, right? Right. It has no moral center. It has no, um, yeah, it has no moral co- core. Right. But basically, it's just a constantly churning machine that just creates profit. Well, there is a rationality to that To, the, to when you're talking about allocating resources. We obviously see it as immoral and wrong and uh, inefficient, creates a lot of waste and a lot of environmental harm. But there is a rationality to it in the sense that, like, if it is too costly to mine coal, you find another energy source. In this case, natural gas. Natural gas is cheaper than coal. Therefore, you would think that utilities and the regulators in states like West Virginia and Kentucky would try to incentivize burning natural gas. You would think that. You would think. But that's not the way it's happening. And we're starting to see this happen on a federal level. We've, Me and you have seen this for years in the states we live in, you know, in Kentucky, and we've seen it in West Virginia, because it's just craven ideology, right? Yeah. Um, but it, it, it doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense to continue to force utilities to buy coal when it's 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 much cheaper to switch to natural gas. And there's all kinds of anecdotal evidence that this is happening. First of all, people's power bills are going up. Second of all, you've got um, instances, particularly one I'm thinking of, this Mitchell power plant in West Virginia in which they bought, they had to sell 400,000 tons of coal that was just laying around the lot, just like... <laughs> Just heaps of coal that they couldn't burn or use or anything. Right. So they just had to sell it off um, for 17 cents more per ton than they bought it for. So they made a little bit of a profit off of it, right. I guess. But the point is, is um, you know, and we're starting to see this again at the sort of federal level. Uh, they're they're regulating from this sort of stance of if an ideologically driven agenda. Right. Again, it. You know, say what you want about capitalism. It's craven. It's terrible. All these other things. But it doesn't have that sort of ideological uh, imperative to it. It's just, you know, burn whatever's cheapest. 
extract what's ever cheapest, yeah. mechanize in a, in a way that makes it as cheap as possible. Right. I don't know. Um, but now what you were getting well, well, is I, well, I, it's, it's funny because you know there's there's sort of the <laughs> the adage. Uh, socialism for the wealthy and then boost to the neck for everybody else. Right. I would argue there's not been a sector more uh, exemplary of that than the coal industry. <laughs> yeah. And if you, particularly if you look in the last, I don't know, I mean, I keep throwing out these arbitrary figures, <laughs> last 20 years, like, <laughs> I, I don't know, the last little bit. Right. <laughs> you look at um, this sort of liberal push to address climate change and all these things and if you've listened to the sort of discourse around coal and our coal future and our energy future all indications say what well coal's sort of on its last legs Uh it's like you know we've knocked a leg out now we just got to kind of lean on them and they're on their way out and all these employments drop in and you know all this kind of stuff but what they've the one serious miscalculation that all these people made and that is that these coal people have relationships going back uh-huh. decades and decades and decades and whatever. Right. right. And so now they have a guy, Trump, who basically, you know, it's well documented that coal sort of helped him get to where he's at and like, you know, sort of the narratives around him. and all the same recycled friends, coal people. And so now if you look at what's going on and he's rolling out these sort of uh, bailouts right. for the coal companies now in West Virginia tonight, it's what, it's what it amounts to. <laughs> Basically, I didn't, under, I didn't know this, that they were rolling it out like a red carpet. <laughs> not really. They're, they're having an event for it and it's going to be disgusting. But it's, it's interesting if you look at it like that it is so entrenched. <clears throat> And the sense of of we need to throw these people a lifeline because they help bring us to this dance, and Trump's going to do that. And what's and what's going to happen? And the miscalculation comes in is that yeah, sure, coal's on its last legs, but these companies will run coal at a fucking loss if it's advantageous to take advantage of Trump's policy proposals to do so. Well. It's interesting that you say that because there was an article yesterday um, or over the weekend in WIMT that you showed me. It's pretty funny. It was like, I can't remember the exact. You got it printed out. I don't Not. actually have it printed out, um, but it was pretty funny because the article. Hold on a second. I've got it right. I've got it right here. <laughs> I'll pop it up right Dude, the now. The fucking headline was great. And the video in it was pretty, pretty funny, too, because um, they interviewed this woman with Perry County Cole. This coal company in Perry County, which is the next county over. Um, Hazard, baby. (laughs) (laughs) The headline reads, Eastern Kentucky Coal Company is expanding its workforce thanks to possible attitude change in Washington. This is from from our our local CBS affiliate. An Emmy award-winning CBS affiliate, mind you. I love the, the... I love the phrase attitude change. That's all it comes down to, baby. My favorite, Obama just my, had the wrong attitude. My favorite use of that is when our, our buddy Roy uh, likes to go get high in his car for his yeah. administration. says, I'm going to go outside and change my attitude That's real what quick. the Trump administration is doing, man. Just went outside and changed their <laughs> attitude a little bit. Read the fucking article. They're, this is what they're doing, Tom. 
there's no market for coal, okay? They could sell this shit, uh, I mean, ostensibly to some... Um, th- we're talking about Central Appalachian low-sulfur coal. This is this is premium shit, baby. This is the good shit, baby. This but, ain't step-tone. This ain't step-tone <laughs> like that pussy Wyoming <laughs> bullshit. It, it's like they, they'll they'll um they'll sell it at a loss maybe but you know how they stay profitable right read the fine print down there in the middle of the article what's the paying what's the going rate for a miner that they're paying them if i remember correctly <clears throat> it's the positions okay so basically there was a handful of new coal jobs coming to perry county 12. Uh, 12. 12. So not even a handful. The article doesn't even mention that it's only 12 or something. So <laughs> if, if for example, your local gas station were adding 12 <laughs> cashiers, that probably wouldn't be newsworthy in most places. Yeah. And like and when I lived in Las Vegas, cashiers at gas stations made about what coal miners start at out of here. And that's, and that's just well, for real. Well, it depends on the mine and it depends on what the job is. But this fucking mine particular is underground job. This these positions start out at seventeen dollars an hour <laughs> for less qualified employees and can reach up to twenty five dollars an hour for more qualified and experienced My friend, employees. Would you crawl into a mountain for seventeen dollars an hour? Fuck no, I'd rather go work at Walmart. It's you'd probably be getting only five dollars less. Probably be making thirteen, fourteen dollars an hour and you at Walmart. Would retire with your lungs Fuck intact. That, dude, I'm not gonna go do bolt a roof in a mine for $17 an hour? Fuck no, that shit's brutal. My, my brother got, my brother-in-law got his foot crushed um, yeah. know, use, uh, uh, by a bolt machine. But that's that how they'll roof. stay profitable, man. They'll just pay their fucking miners squadoosh. And then, and then get little no, local news outlets to run these weird fucking propaganda stories. And the really funny thing is... I don't and all know, it serves to do, all this, this shit serves to do is to give people false hope that, like, yeah. things are going to go back to the halcyon days when everybody was making. This is just, I mean, we're going to just, you know, at first it's going to be 17 to 25, but, you know, if you stay with us. Dude, uh, well, the the way that the article is framed, um, the way the article is framed, it's really funny that this came out this week, the same week that the EPA did release those new coal pollution r- rules. It's um, it's framed in the, in the the person that they interview in the article is basically like, you know, um, I don't want to be too explicit about this, but it's basically because the Trump administration, they've got an attitude change. You know, they've, they've come around to... I went outside for a few minutes, <laughs> hot boxed, and then they came back in. Ready to, ready to bring fucking coal back, baby. Uh, dude, it's, it's really bad. The, um, the, the really funny part about that article, though, was, was at, the, at the very end, they were like, if you want to know how to uh, apply to this job, visit WYMT.com. They basically like position Are you themselves. fucking serious? I'm not kidding you. It's not in the written part. It's in the video part. <laughs> WMT, is, WYMT is not only caping for coal companies around here and for Hal Rogers and all the other powers that be. They're like positioning themselves. Well, dude, if I'm not mistaken, the guy, I only know this because if I'm not mistaken, and, and people could call me on this if they know better, but Wayne Martin... Who's a guy that I knew only because he used to be the men's basketball coach at Moorhead way back in the day, so he'd all the time be around the program when I was there. Right. I think that he is the the running the show at WIMT, or was at one point, and it was also in the coal business. 
Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, so I mean, it makes me. sense. It I mean, it makes sense me. that the same people that are overwhelmed to you probably have skin in the game in cold too. <laughs> I could be wrong about that, but I think that's true. Um, it really wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. <clears throat> um, but you're not getting any sort of. Uh, I don't know, man. That's the dose of reality you get yeah. if you're just <laughs> tuning in to one team. Well, right but also I think, you know. And maybe we should term this coal literacy. Uh, but, you know, you're talking about, like, the new dumping rules and all this kind of stuff. I think something that's lost on people, particularly liberals, when they see something like, oh, my God, they can dump it in the creeks now. <laughs> it's like the the Clean Air and Water Act has never been enforced in any meaningful way in the coal states. Right, right, right. So, like, when you see stuff like that and you get outraged... It's been going on for a long damn time. Yeah, I don't know if I. I don't. So now they're just dropping the pretense. Right, exactly. That's what it means. I mean, I can't really explain it uh, more explicitly than this. In the early '80s, after a decade and a half of um, militant anti-strip mining activism, I mean, we're talking about people literally firing weapons at strip miners. Yeah. Um, a decade and a half of strip unregulated strip mining, just the worst um, sort of environmental problems imaginable, uh, y- you know, you could think of. Well, it also sort of created a labor conundrum, too. And I don't mean to cut you off, but just to draw the distinction, strip miners are people that work on mountaintop removal sites and underground miners are people that do it sort of an older way. Uh to put it in layman's terms, but <laughs> when I was a kid, it's, it's well, not not quite that old. <laughs> not you'd put it, send a canary in there, uh, dude. That's not they, quite that old. They made they they still mine like that in like Pakistan and China, and it's why there's millions of black lung victims in China. It's oh, yeah. fucking insane. Man. Oh, dude, totally methane explosions, and they'll just like kill twenty motherfuckers and just like put them in wheelbarrows and drag them out of there and keep running coal. Yeah, yeah. Like that would be even here that would be a huge news story. Right. I mean know? it used to be like that here yeah. in the early nineteen hundreds. No exaggeration. Yeah, yeah, totally. <clears throat> uh but anyway, the point I just wanted to make about that is like from the labor perspective, when I was a young man, the underground miners fucking hated strip miners. They were scabs, right? Because right. I mean they knew the particular math of the situation was, well, if they need if they use more machines to get this shit out, they need fewer employees. Like uh-huh. you didn't need any sort of, yeah, advanced, you know, whatever to to see that. And when the Friends of Coal campaign sort of hit a fevered pitch, somehow that all got absorbed together. And like, if you were critical of one facet of the industry, you it was an <laughs> affront to us all. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. And right. I'm and I'm interested to chart when that happen and i'd be interested to know what your thought is on that or when you could pinpoint it um well let's see let's look at it let's look at a timeline um like i was saying a minute ago in the early 80s uh after like i said a decade and a half of sustained sort of pressure and just outrage that they were letting this happen strip mining um they passed what is called the surface mining control and reclamation act yes yeah. macro <clears throat> And it's Jimmy really Carter and Jim- the Rose Guard, all these old fucking yeah. hippie activists. The, yes. I was with Jimmy Carter and the Rose Guard, and they signed <laughs> Smackra. Hey, you want a fucking cookie? Everybody's still fucking right, dying. Right. Um, it, that created the Office of Service Mining. What it basically did, though, was it just uh, it introduced to the industry a loophole. I mean, a way for them to 
um, mechanize and revolutionize their means of production. And the way they did that was mountaintop removal. So it's really funny how you get the surface mining uh, regulation in the early 80s, and then you get mountaintop removal, which was even more destructive because what they did was they would go in and place dynamite charges, mm. blow up uh, massive parcels of land, and then just get drag lines and just fucking... <laughs> Just basically spread it all around. Just dump all the fucking shit into the water. You know, um, the Obama administration for years said they were going to do this string protection rule that would update the science and the and the, that the, that OSM was operating on from the eighties. Surprise! <laughs> and then the Trump administration came in and did away with it literally immediately. Yeah. Liberals were outraged. It would have done nothing. Anyway. It, it, yeah. It well, they, they, not for nothing, too. They had to pine and fucking beg for a hundred, was it a hundred feet stream buffer <laughs> from the Obama administration? <laughs> and even they were reluctant to, to give that, to concede that. I was a part of some of those conversations, yeah. man. I mean, yeah. it's, and this it's, is the Obama administration. Yeah. This isn't fucking Republicans. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a total joke. Regulatory agencies in this country exist solely to facilitate business and maximize solely profit. Solely to, so, yeah. That's the only reason they exist. Yeah. They don't exist to protect the environment. They don't exist to protect your health. They exist solely to maximize profit and to do it in a way that doesn't piss off enough people, a critical mass of people, to where they get, right. you know, they get back up on strip mines with guns and start shooting and start at strip shooting mines. shooting at people. That's, ex- <laughs> that's exactly the deal. And so if you're a fucking liberal out there, then you think that Obama was a champion of fighting climate change and all your fucking liberal heroes are these just, you know, <laughs> exemplars of fucking excellence where saving the environment's concern and curbing uh, climate change, you're completely moronical. <laughs> You literally are the biggest fucking dipshit that ever existed, and you should go. You should go fucking. Seriously, I have no tolerance for these fucking people, dude. You're you're right, and the clean. It's really funny because (laughs) it's really funny because like the Obama administration like basically had a few things that they were just. uh, It's it's hilarious. They they tolerated us for a few years. Um, I remember. Um, Sally Jewell wasn't that her name? Department yeah. of Interior. Yeah, who Obama plucked? Uh, she was the CEO of REI. <laughs> and, I mean, that's peak liberalism, yeah, if right. you ask me. If you go find an outdoor company CEO, because the outdoor companies are all ran by these fucking reactionary assholes that just have like a right. like a hippy dippy <laughs> aesthetic. They want enough river. They want to be able to fish some cold water trout and to not uh, yeah and, <laughs> and yeah in North Dakota or wherever exactly not, yeah. to be able to watch the elk and and stuff. Um, so the Obama administration rolled out this clean power plant. You know that this this uh, back in probably um, I was working at App Voices. That would have been 2015 is when they came out with us. Yeah, and the whole point was to reduce our carbon emissions. And to uh, reduce public health costs associated with carbon emissions, it was totally toothless. Um, had no way to really enforce it. It was uh, it was just a gesture, man. Right. I mean, pe- liberals banked on the idea that Hillary would win and continue that. They could limp that along for another eight <laughs> years, giving everybody minor concessions Ex- here and there, exactly. or not even minor concessions, really, just uh, symbolic gestures. Exactly. Exactly. But it it was. Just a symbolic gesture. Right. So basically what the Trump administration put out today 
is um, is they're calling it the Affordable Clean Energy Rule, and it's a replacement of the of the Clean Power Plan. And this rule is fucking hilarious. This is a Trumpian document. Uh, it is a, a platonic Trumpian document. It is perfect in every fucking way. <laughs> because hey, I'm tying off. Baby. Give it to me. In it, they openly admit that carbon emissions will increase and will lead up to 1,400 premature deaths annually. Well, the Clean Power Plan tried to basically say it will save you know, it'll save up to 3,000 premature deaths annually or something like that. So they're not even making any bogus, like, health claims. They're just saying, like, yeah, we're trying to kill you a little bit. Exactly. That's exactly what's going on. We tortured some folks. <laughs> um, okay, let's read some of this. The Clean Power Plan, I'm quoting from the New York Times article on this. The Clean Power Plan aimed to curb planet warming greenhouse gases by steering the energy sector away from coal and toward cleaner source energy sources like wind and solar. According to its calculations, the decreased coal burning would also, also would reduce other pollutants like sulfur dioxide, which poses respiratory risk, and nitrogen oxides that create ozone, blah, blah, blah. Obama's EPA also estimated that by 2030, the Clean Power Plan would result in 83 180,000 fewer missed school days per year by children because of ozone-related illnesses. I have asthma. It's probably some form of result from this. Granted, I grew up in the oil fields. It's a little different. but um, By contrast, the Trump administration analysis finds that... Uh, finds that its own plan would see 48,000 new cases of exacerbated asthma and at least 21,000 new this is okay honestly I was like, this is by their own admission <laughs> folks listen 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 <laughs> uh, folks i'm not gonna lie to you there's gonna be a toll <laughs> but to get this thing back rolling we're gonna sacrifice 14,000 children Particularly the weak ones with oh. asthma and other respiratory illnesses. Dude, um, uh, the analysis also includes a section called foregone, scare quotes, foregone climate and human health benefits. That is, instead of listing the health gains of the Trump plan, preventing premature deaths, for example, or avoiding a certain number of increased emergency room visits from asthma attacks, it is instead describing the effect of the Trump plan as benefits lost. <laughs> so basically, they're just conceding up oh front. Boy. Oh my God. And let, mind you, people, they're throwing a party for this tonight in Charleston. Tonight in Charleston. <laughs> they're throwing a party for this tonight in Charleston. <laughs> oh, fucking dude. Uh, there's another core aspect of it which is really good uh, i really like it when these plans have like anti-science uh components of them like anti-methodology components yeah. or whatever so um uh the clean power plan uh had something in it known as the uh six cities study uh, which is a harvard like a landmark harvard university study that tracked thousands of people for nearly two decades and ultimately formed the backbone of federal air pollution regulations okay the agency is now considering, EPA, a separate rule to restrict the use of any study for which raw data cannot be published, as is the case with the six studies, six city study, which is based on the confidential health records of its participants. So basically, the point is, like, 
if you have any scientific data whatsoever uh, based on um, reported health data to a physician or a scientist or anything like that, you can't use it. <laughs> <laughs> they made it impermissible. Impermissible, exactly, dude. Um, and uh, and again, there's a party going on party tonight going. in Charleston for this. <laughs> this is so funny. It's so funny, man. I was I was I was watching like I mean, paying attention on Twitter to some of the tweets about the event there. Uh-huh. And when Jake Tapper and the CNN crew walked in, they just got booed out of the fucking building. <laughs> which which would be great if it, you know, oh, fuck. under different circumstances, but Dude, that's a really funny thing. Jake Tapper that piece of that bootlegging piece of shit. Dude, what a fucking but can't even, even, win even, it with the even but even they did just seeing like fucking actual figures on the left just like losing their shit over Jake Tapper being disingenuous about some study. <laughs> I saw that. You made a good point today. <laughs> Dude, it's just unreal. Um about Bernie Bernie calling out Jake Tapper for some bullshit like Well, I mean and that, I mean I and I'm not getting back into our anti-electoralism i mean we've beat that horse to death but it's really like it's it's weird to see these people that we looked at two years ago as like our hope yeah slowly be absorbed into that sort of like liberal media complex too well, and like so much so that they're just pining for their approval and wanting their message to get out there and it's like the only time i know that people around here watch cnn is when there's like a West Virginia town hall or something right. where like they might know people like, oh, I'm going to watch that and see if I see Jeff on there or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, or when like somebody, Anderson Cooper comes here and does a story on like Black Lung or whatever, like like was the case, I guess, a year and a half ago or something. Yeah. I, I, I'll get into the, I'm never afraid to get into anti-electoralism, my man. I'm always ready to on that. We have, we have found a new niche in that. <laughs> no, but really, um, the reason why, this comes from personal experience. This isn't just some abstract fucking thing I believe that, like, oh, it doesn't make sense to engage in the later. I mean, yes, it does with some caveats, and I think, like, in a, if you could have a workers' party that sort of, all those things aside. Nobody's telling you not to go vote for Ocasio-Cortez. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, do whatever the fuck you want. But my larger point is that I've, lived long enough and have experienced these things long enough for example the clean power plan that don't fucking amount to shit they're all right. gestures to release a pressure valve on the outrage of certain segments of activists or right. whether they're environmentalists labor activists or whatever yeah. they're specifically designed for that and now i see our grip is we see socialists falling for the same pitfalls exactly you know what i'm saying yeah and it's it's. <laughs> I'm saying yeah. I don't want y'all to get okie doked in the same way that we got okie doked in <laughs> yes, the environmental we, movement. We, yes, it's 100 percent true. Like we're speaking totally from experience. Exactly. Though. I've sat down with these people, and they've lied to my fucking face. Yeah. Terrence has, has squared off with. <laughs> they tolerate uh, long congressmen, enough. senators, and country lawyers. <laughs> Just they lie to you. They'll tell you whatever they think you want to fucking hear just to make you not as mad as you really should be. Yeah. Um man, totally. it's 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 really funny. Um it's Oh fuck. 
who was it um, uh, on that uh, Chapo where they interviewed the Parquet Courts guy? Um, I love Parquet Courts, man. But they were talking about how, <laughs> like, back in the our when we were a teenager, we lo- used to listen to Rage Against the Machine, like fuck yeah. And then we're in our twenties, we're like, man, that's corny as fuck. And now we're like, fuck yeah again. Nah. Like the there's a line from a Rage song that's like your anger is a gift. Yeah. <laughs> and that is one hundred percent true, man. Yeah. That's the one fucking thing they can't take I, from you. I, I always knew the history would be more kind to <laughs> to uh, Tom Morello on yeah, the boys. Exactly. That's the one thing they can't fuck don't let them take that from you because it's legitimate. It's it's totally legitimate. And while these just total fucking uh psychopaths do the song and dance tonight for this like uh, letting them put more shit into the air so you can die a little bit faster Uh, that's um that's what you're up against man and your little measly clean power plan or whatever will never change that it will never uh stamp that out no i don't know man i don't know i remember being at a permit hearing a few years ago and um and this guy, this guy talking about how um, you hear this a lot, right? I mean, I've heard this multiple times where you'll have guys come in and I don't know if they're paid by the industry or if they really just do believe this. I think there are some that really do believe this, um, where they extol the uh, the benefits of high walls and um, flat uh, areas for economic development, for economic development. And even polluted streams, like we were saying earlier, like just this machismo aspect, like, buddy, I drank this my whole life and I'm fine. Uh, but, hey, but <laughs> I've heard people literally say in bars, like, oh, my water comes from off the strip mine, so you know it's good. Like, they have literally, <laughs> my cousin worked at Cumberland River Coal, and he said, buddy, I'll go, I'll go there, you'll see the biggest fish in there. Now you tell me that water's bad. <laughs> And those fish are probably like fucking got some sort of my friend, yeah, plutonium, yes. and they cause it to be like the Hulk or some shit. Absolutely, but it's all ideology. Yeah, and this is why Trump winning was not that big of a shocker to us. Yeah, because we saw what people would be willing to put up with for that. Yeah, you know, people can put up with quite a bit of. Even even when the material circumstances around them, when the material reality around them is telling them that like <laughs> points to the contrary, right? It's a hypernormalization. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, our sort of. Uh, sort I just of, like saying that word. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's pretty dark, man. You know, I'd printed off a lot of stuff. There's a lot of good. Ex- Examples of this, though, a lot of good anecdotes. There's an article in Inside Climate News by Jim Jim Bruggers that was just put out a few weeks ago about how electric bills are skyrocketing across Appalachia, mostly because a lot of people are leaving um, <clears throat> Appalachia. But a big reason is because um, they're shutting down all these old piece of shit power plants. And they're making the customers pay for it. Yeah. And that's how the ideological reactionary sausage gets made. It's made, friends. <laughs> that's funny, man. It's like uh, like with the AEP uh, rate hikes last year. And how they bait everybody into this is that they see what it's going to cost them to remain in operation, giving everything like the shutdowns, the plant shutdowns, and all that kind of stuff. And they say, well, if we're going to keep our profits going at a certain percentage, at a certain 
I'm trying to say trajectory, but that's not the right word. I'm sitting here gesturing with my hand upward. Anyway, (laughs) if we're going to keep this profit machine rolling, here's what we're going to have to pass on to our customers. Yeah. And then here's how they do it. They say, well, we need 9%. Well, we're going to come out and say we need 18%. Yeah. Yes. And then once we get what we want... (laughs) <laughs> then we can yeah. say, guys, it was tough, but we made all the necessary adjustments that we could. We I mean, we bum scraped and borrowed. <laughs> and the poor son of a bitch that I feel sorry for, not really feel sorry for, but it's funny, is like always the PR guy that has to get up on stage and take the abuse from the pissed off customers. Yeah. Because the fucking CEO's <laughs> fucking <laughs> disgusting ass is sitting three rows back and is too chicken shit to get up there and take his own bullets. Yeah, yeah. No, it's pretty absurd, man. And it's funny because you'll even see some of the cold guys like that dipshit Brandon Smith is like, it's like, you know, like, God damn guys, you got to fold the pat hand every once in a while so they don't know we've got the deck stacked, <laughs> you know, and he'll get up there and have this faux outrage. Right, I right. see people struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Right here. And it's like, shut the fuck up, Smith. Sit down. Yeah, man. It's, it's, um, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. It is absolutely wild. I mean, um, we're sort of at a situation where the Trump is trying to incentivize, they're trying to create market incentives for purchasing coal. But, you know, I don't know if it, it's really hard to explain this, but um, even if you're strip mining, um, it's still very expensive to do so because, man, a lot of these hills have been mined out so many times over and over and over. There's just not a whole lot of fucking coal left. No, all the best seams are gone. That's something we've known since I was a child. This yeah. shit's on the wane. And the way, yeah, I really need to get some of my coworkers in here to talk about this because it's, it's connected. It's all connected, right? Yeah. It's like the reason we'll why... Do a, we'll do a part two. All right. The reason why black lung is so, um, is just skyrocketing and at rates we haven't seen in 30, 40 years is because those seams are so thin. Yeah. And when you are mining in a thin seam, thin seam, you're breathing a lot of dust. Yeah. It's really hard to control for that, even though we know that they're not controlling at all for those Right, things. right. And it's particularly <clears throat> disgusting, just like you pointed out several times, when you have other developed countries who have eradicated oh, yeah. black lung, yeah. England, Germany, right, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. I didn't, yeah, that's fascinating. I didn't know. So we're recording this on Tuesday. By the time this comes out, that thing will have already happened in Charleston. But yeah. uh, but that's pretty funny, man. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to, I'm kind of like a glutton for punishment. kind of want to go want to turn on CNN and see what's going on with it. Oh, man. Well, um, it's hard for me to know how much time because we lost all that fucking audio at the beginning. Let's take a quick break real quick. And, um... And then we'll come back for just a second. We'll close out. How's that sound? Sounds good.
Oh man, talking about the neither cuts, my people, oh, yeah. my people. Um, I'm watching this show right now on AMC called The Terror. Have you heard of it? Hmm. <clears throat> it's about the. Uh, it's like a. It's like the 1847. Um, British naval voyage to find the Northern Passage hmm. over the Arctic Circle, <laughs> and um, they get stuck like in the ice basically um and and wind up staying there for years i mean the, it, it's a fictionalized account of that yeah um the real like thing that happened is no one made it back alive they don't really know what happened they suspect there was cannibalism and some stuff yeah but man and and i don't even really like like the show that much but it's really effective at um depicting what it would be like to get Lost in the Arctic, cir- stranded in the Arctic Circle in the 1840s. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, like you, y- you know, like there's all the, um, there's all the stuff like gangrene and scurvy. Uh, there's all that scurvy, right? Which is um, pretty interesting. But <clears throat> back then, you don't really also had to deal with a lot of poisoning because you know they didn't really have a full understanding of, of. Um, because, you know, like, you'd heard the phrase mad as a hatter. You know, it usually came from, like, the glue or whatever that they would use. <laughs> mad as a hatter. <laughs> you know what I'm talking the about? mad hatter, yeah. Mad, right, right. The, well, the, I guess the glue and the hat they would use would make peop- drive people slowly insane. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But, I didn't know that. But uh, back then, like, people were all the time getting, like, bismuth poisoning, and, like, lead poisoning and stuff. It just slowly drives you insane over time. That my my reliance on uh, Pepto Bismol <laughs> might be an, might be to blame yeah. for my erratic behavior lately. <laughs> oh wow, Tom's just staring off into space and rambling about bismuth poisoning. <laughs> I've been bismuth poisoned. It usually turns your shit black, doesn't it? Yeah. Bismuth. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of scary because like if it could mask if like you really were like bleeding out of you. Right. Innards. <laughs> right. At this point, it's just kind of like... You take that for granted, though. Yeah. I mean, you just kind of it's ex- part of expect it. that It's part of the IBS lifestyle. <laughs> You're going to see blood and you poop time to time. Oh, man. Um, Man, I had a good idea for a bit the other day, and I was totally going to save it for you and Tanya, but um, it's just too good for me not to share. Um, The idea is a... Um, you. It's it's like a um, you know how they're always using call centers and stuff as economic development around here. Yeah, yeah. They'd be yeah. like, oh, we're gonna put a call center. It's gonna open up a hundred jobs. Man, uh, man, motherfuckers were flourishing when Saks was around. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because it's like, even, no matter how bad you <laughs> fucked up, you know you could always fall back on Saks. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's like it, it's basically this thing was a call center. That was like the urban equivalent of like, uh, mm. like UPS, yeah. I guess. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like as long as you could pass a drug test, <laughs> yeah. there was a place for you on the chain somewhere. Right. Well, which U- I don't know. UPS, UPS might be store. Hard. Store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those good. Well, I, don't I know worked at UPS store job for three fucking years, my friend. Yeah. Three years of my life, I gave to the UPS store franchise. <laughs> I'm never getting that back. Dude, you can never have dignity or anything when you are 
um, th- when you're trying to like meet someone at a bar or even go out at a date or something like that, when like for the previous ten hours that day you wore a little polo shirt with your stupid fucking name tag on it, that's like my name's Terrence. Ask me any question you like. <laughs> people ever abuse you? <laughs> Absolutely. I just fuck with you about stuff sometimes. Absolutely, man. Do you have to keep your resolve? I did, uh, but there were a few times I did not keep my resolve. I always have a, a good chuckle. About every year during Christmas time, during the high season, uh, UPS out of Hazard, they always put out a call for uh, part-time package yeah. handlers. Yeah. And I can't think of a job description that I am more qualified for. That's right, just a part-time? Not full-time, just a part-time package handler. Yeah. Which I'm sure is hard work, really, but I'm making a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's all jokes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it's pretty badass. You get to ride around and, like on the golf cart, too, if you're the part-time package handler, easily. Yeah. God, that looks... That? Man, that, but... I feel so sorry for those guys from like, because it starts right around Thanksgiving, like with yep. the black, Black what do you call it, Black Friday shit and all that stuff. Or, and it is does. That what it is? The yeah. big shopping holidays. <laughs> like, I think it's Black Friday. Right. And then the next thing is what, Cyber Monday? <laughs> and it, the shit just does not let up That's through the have, whole season. That's where you have cyber sex. Do you ever have cyber sex? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I went to a place called The Attic chat room. Oh, nice. And you throw out the ASL. Oh, we've talked about this before. Like, uh, <laughs> theoretically, you found out <laughs> that you had been cybering with one of your best friends. You know what I mean? Like, you're like a 35-year-old and me, and you realize that we cybered together. Yeah, cyber sex again. <laughs> you were like strawberry blonde hair, and I was like rubbing my dick like, oh, yeah. yeah. Just imagining it. <laughs> yeah. God, that is weird. I um. I talked on the phone with one of my, one of the girls I met on there one time. Yeah. And I was pen pals with several of them. Like yeah. When you were like 12, 13, it was, it's kind of weird. I was extremely online even then, even before online was the thing, really. Right, right, right. Oh yeah, we've always been extremely online, man. Yeah. Oh, we've all been. Extremely I used to. Online. One of my favorite things to do, also, I'd get on the uh, WWF chat rooms, like the wrestling chat rooms. Uh huh. And I would always put like the real rock or the real Shawn Michaels and act like I was like, <laughs> ask there. me anything you want. Ask me anything you, you want. You were doing AMA before it existed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, people would say like, oh, when are you coming back to Eau Claire, Wisconsin? <laughs> and I'd go in there and look at the schedule. <laughs> Looks like I'll be there in February. Did you ever pretend to be um, Chris Benoit? I was never that he was WCW then. I probably would have. Damn. They found what if they would have found those trans those transcripts and you were just fucking around with some kid. You were like, I'm gonna kill my wife and kid. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna kill my whole family. <laughs> that would have been crazy. <laughs> that's that's one for the safety manuals. Right. Then they track you down and they they um Yeah. Could you imagine if you were in a Matt Damon like movie uh where they lead you into a room you wake up and they fucking take the the bag off your head or whatever you're like god you know what i mean your hair's all fucking <laughs> start snatching yeah. at people right they were like how did you know chris benoit <laughs> <laughs> like, man i was fucking 12 dude i was just fucking around with some people in a chat room it was eastern kentucky in the late 90s 
You had to be there. <laughs> no, the answer would be that you talked to your son 30 years in the future because oh, yeah. of a of a wave, of a solar wave that came off the sun or whatever and took the man. For reference on that one. See last episode. episode number 12 or some shit. <laughs> Um. Oh yeah, we do have a premium. We do have a Patreon. I need to remember to plug that. We have a Patreon that we are posting episodes on every week. So and uh, we're trying to make it worth <laughs> your while. T-shirts are we, coming. We have a T-shirt design now. They're they're coming. They're coming. Uh, they should be. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess they'll will probably be getting out out to you about the end of September, first of October. It's what I'm shooting for. Right. So uh, if you pre-ordered shirts, those are coming around that same time too. <laughs> How long ago did people God. pre? <laughs> God. <laughs> Actually, strike that from strike that from the. Minutes. No, no, no. We're all transparency here, baby. Yeah. Look, me and Tom are two people. Um, you know, Tanya too. Like we're just. Tanya's part time now. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tanya's part time, right? But uh, uh, <laughs> which means that we've. Uh, Kicked her out of the union <laughs> and right. uh, taking her health care. She's going to leave a lead a scab driver or something like that. <laughs> oh. JK, JK. She will, JK. Go on, she will go scab for us, though, when we do go on strike. Yeah. But really, um, we're sorry about the shirts. I mean, Jesus. <laughs> well, there's only a handful that we've said, but they There'd are coming. There'd be so many times when we, I'd be talking to you like, man, this is. I'm stressed that we are so. Yeah. I'm. Well, here's what here's what <laughs> I'm gonna do. I, those people that pre-order shirts, I'm gonna refund their money and give them a shirt for free. Okay. For free. That's that's um, what we're gonna do. But anyone else who's a Patreon subscriber, um, or wait, I don't know what I'm saying. I don't make the deals. You make the deals, man. What are the deals? <laughs> if you've been a Patreon subscriber for at least six months, and that's a good chunk of you by now, uh, you'll be getting your shirt for free. Make sure your sizes and addresses are updated. And for those of you that pre-ordered, I will be refunding your money shortly. You and go. we will send you a T-shirt for free for basically uh, loaning us $18 for seven months. <laughs> yeah. Is that what happened? People. <laughs> well, no. Nah, well, what had happened was I was in search of an outfit that... <laughs> well, look, we need to be straight up with you right here. Here's Me and the, Tom here. are grifters, all right? <laughs> we, we're con artists. <laughs> no, not so much as... I'm just kidding. That is... is I, I wanted to find a place that Union made and Union printed and Union made shirts in the South, and that proved to be a harder... <laughs> enterprise than i thought uh-huh until i found there's a, a teamsters represented factory of baytown in tennessee that's pretty good and that's the idea that we're going to use their shirts to print okay stuff on. all right well uh don't tell me um anyway no nah, see i'm, you, I'm the part i'm the the member of this outfit that looks the other way when injustice occurs i'm just like terrence always takes, turns a blind eye to injustice whatever it fucking takes i don't care i'm cutthroat Baby, we're, uh, we're taking this shit to the top. Hems the, br- the brakes, <laughs> kitties. Oh, I didn't finish my uh, hypothetical earlier. <clears throat> so, you know, they use call centers. Well, a funny idea that would stimulate economic development and create like a self-regulating internal sort of perfectly thermodynamic system or whatever would be if it was call centers for environmental nonprofit conference calls. So if you needed... To um, call in, you know, if you needed to, if you needed a uh, 
basically they would set up conferences for you. You need to troubleshoot an SJW problem, you call the uh, call center. And you're like, beep, 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 beep. like, oh my God, the Trump administration is trying to pass affordable clean energy bill. <clears throat> they're like, all right, hold on one second. And they put you in a conference call where you basically hear a bunch of ideas that make you want to go to sleep and you lose all of your outrage <laughs> completely. And they send you back out there completely <laughs> indifferent to what you were calling about in the first place. Exactly. <laughs> you're feeling me. Yeah. You, get, you were looking at me, but I see you're on my level yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. All right, that'll do it. You know what I mean? Like, it'll, uh, it, it'll never, that business will never die. Seems like there's always going to be an industry of people just thinking about problems and then thinking about how they can not actually solve them. Or thinking about how they can <laughs> they can uh, solve them about 70%, but not enough to put them out of a job. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. Incrementalism. There's too much money in incrementalism. That's why it's not going on. Well, what it is is you become part of the status quo. I mean, yeah. you literally, materially, you become part of the status quo, and that's the same thing with the Democratic Party, man. Yeah. And if you really want to get in, in into cahoots with them, that's what you well, are getting. And just as a practical matter, incrementalism is how we get shit like the student loan crisis, right? Yeah. It's like they don't want you to pay that off in one fell swoop. They want to limp you along over time. Right. Because that way, they've always got, you know, a blue million people with their revenue streams right which is much better than if somebody just pays you off and one wax oh well no fuck that right we always want to be able to get money from you yeah 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 it's best streams of revenue dog so. <laughs> dude we know more about economics than most economy yeah <laughs> man it's about uh, latchkey businesses right. baby right yeah no you you become not latchkey what am i saying Turnkey businesses, turnkey operations. I think I know what you're talking about. Like I've heard of car those. washes. Oh, what? In, in what I, way I'm, is it? I'm, I'm, I took that from King of the Hill. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> um, all right. Well, the point is, uh, the point is, keep your outrage high. I don't know, man. I don't know what I'm talking, talking about. Listen to Rage Against the Machine. Listen to Rage it's cool again. <laughs> yeah. And uh, sign up for us on Patreon because I know you want that extra weekly content. Patreon.com slash Trillbilly Workers Party, no apostrophe. Right. Uh, yeah. If you've got five bucks on your couch cushions, if you, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe you want to skip a, uh, you know, lunch at McDonald's one right. day a month. Here's what you could do. We'll um, take that. This, this would be the cheap way to do it, but I totally respect it if you do it. Sign up for one month, $5. Listen to everything on there, and then just unsubscribe. Do it again in six months. Binge, listen to it. You know what I mean? Just uh, if you don't, if you don't want to spend, how much is that? Twelve times five, sixty dollars a a year. Yeah. You want to spend ten dollars a year? Um, we're cool, man. Yeah, we hey, don't really cool. care. It's time to go. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next in a few days. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>